Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. This is Father Brian Christensen on Real Presence Live. I'm broadcasting high above the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Health in our broadcast booth at 520 Cathedral Drive in Rapid City. It's a windy um, but wonderful uh, Friday morning here in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Good to be with you. Um, I'm the pastor here at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Health, and uh, it's good uh, to be here with you in this new year of 2021. I'm on this Friday. Uh, celebrated Mass this morning with the local community here, and um, a vote of Mass to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So as we begin uh, today, let's uh, pray together uh, that the Sacred Heart of Jesus uh, may um, give us great mercy and great love, that He may continue to fill us with every grace and blessing. And so join me in prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for the blessings of this day as we renew our faith in you, as you renew our faith in your goodness and your truth and your care and your kindness. Let us always embrace uh, the sacred heart of your Son, Jesus Christ, who desires to embrace us in his love and mercy. Guide us with the grace of your Holy Spirit, uh, and may we give glory to your name and bring salvation to souls by the, by the outpouring of your blessings. We ask all these things through the sacred heart of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, if you're just joining us, this is Father Brian Christensen. I'm broadcasting here from Rapid City, South Dakota, Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Um, and it's good to have you with us this morning on Real Presence Lives. Thanks for taking time to, to be with us on your drive or on your morning activities. I- I'm joined this morning by Susan Safford and... Uh, Susan is the director uh, for um, Pastoral Ministries here at the Diocese of Rapid City. Um, and Susan also has a unique calling um, in Christ and a unique uh, vocation. So we're happy to welcome Susan Safford to our program. Good morning, Susan. Good to be with you this morning. Yeah, no, it's good to be with you. How is the weather in Omaha, Nebraska? Oh, we're, we're in, in the mis- middle of a blizzard right now. Oh, you're in a blizzard right now. I'm we betting are. across most of, yeah, about most of our listening area uh, for Real Presence Radio is um, is experiencing some windy, uh, wintry weather. Right now, we're clear blue skies, but the wind is blowing <laughs> like crazy. Just crazy. Wow. Yeah, so, it's crazy weather these days. <laughs> well, good. Well, thanks for being with us today. Tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, uh, you know, about uh, your journey of faith, um, and uh, um yeah, and and your your walk with Christ. Yeah, well, I uh, you know I um, I grew up Catholic, and I went to Franciscan University of Steubenville for uh, their graduate program, and it was there that I really started to discern where the Lord was calling me in terms of my vocation. I didn't really discover it there, uh, but went on to uh, Spearfish, South Dakota. 
And uh, when I was there, I uh, had the opportunity to uh, enter into the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. And that was really a, a key moment, I would say, in my discernment uh, in terms of what, where was the Lord calling me, what did the Lord want me to do. Uh, so I, uh, I shortly after doing the spiritual exercises, I made a pilgrimage to Rome. And when I was there, I we went to the uh, the um, the Church of Saint Susanna. That's my she's my baptismal patron. So okay, to go yeah. there. Didn't didn't know anything about her at all. Uh, but we went to we went to mass there on the feast of the Holy Family. And I remember that after mass, I was praying there in the church. Well, I would say I was not really praying. I was reading this brochure about the life of. <laughs> And uh, and as I was reading it, you know, I she was a consecrated virgin, uh, and uh, she lived during the last great persecution, Roman persecution, around the year three hundred. And and the emperor's son wanted to marry her, and when she refused, uh, they uh, tortured her, they killed her family. Uh, he tried to rape her, but she was defended by her guardian angel. They tried to make her. Uh, worship their gods, and when she refused to do that, they beheaded her. And wow. I was sort of thinking, yeah, I was sort of thinking, wow, that's, that's amazing that she could do all of that. And in the midst of that, the Lord just really spoke to my heart and said, this is what I want for you. And uh, I, I didn't think he meant martyrdom, although you never know. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, after having read that brochure and felt the Lord's tug on your own heart, um, yeah, it was talking about the, the the whole martyrdom thing. Right, right. Yeah, no, I I really felt that he was calling me to consecrated virginity, and that um, there was a great, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a, you need to do this, like it felt forced or anything like that. It didn't feel that way at all. It felt um, like this was... Um, this was the right thing, a gift that the Lord wanted to give me, and uh, so it was a it was a very um, what peaceful and joyful thing, and uh, and that that peace and joy really stayed with me throughout that trip to Rome, and that okay. sense of all. Yeah, I want to I want to just uh, I mean a powerful kind of movement uh, of your life through through your college years and into this time of of uh, discernment, but I, I just want to back up a little bit. You mentioned the um, spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Can you just describe what they are, and, and maybe a little bit about your experience of, of what of how you participated in them? Yeah, sure. I, uh, I didn't know much about them uh, when I was in college, but had heard about them, because there were groups that did sort of weekend retreats based on the spiritual exercises. And uh, and what they are, it came from St. Ignatius of Loyola. He was, um, he, in in his prayer, uh, the Lord gave him, <laughs> excuse me, the gift of, of discernment, the discernment of spirits, and, um, and he developed this 30-day-long retreat where a person goes away for 30 days and in silence prays. Now, not everybody can get away for 30 days, and St. Ignatius himself knew that, so he wrote into the exercises a way to do it while continuing to live and work in the world, and we call that the 19th annotation. And 
uh, that's really that's the way that I did it. Um, but it started with me wanting to just learn more about the exercises. And so I kept trying to find a book to explain the exercises to me. What was it? What would I be getting myself into? Uh, I didn't go on a retreat. I just wanted to study about it. And I talked to, <laughs> I talked to a friend of mine uh, who I knew was familiar with the exercises, and I asked her, could she point me to, like, a book or something I could study? And she said, you know, uh, I don't really know of a book, she said, but there's a priest moving to your diocese uh, who is a, he's a Jesuit priest, and he's very familiar with the exercises, and uh, here's his name and number. She wrote it down for me. I put his name and number in my purse, and I didn't look at it again. <laughs> and, then, and then several months later, I was at a diocesan dinner for something, and this priest I didn't know came and sat down next to me at dinner, and we started talking. And after a little while, I said to him, I think your name is in my purse. Because <laughs> <laughs> I realized that this was, the, this was the priest that she had recommended. His name was Father Will Prospero. Uh, and he has since since passed due to cancer. But at the time, uh, he said to me, I said, I need a book about the exercises. And he said, uh, I don't really know about a book, but why don't you just do the exercises? You should do them according to the 19th annotation, and I'll direct you. And I said, there you go. I said, okay, I'll pray about that, which is code for no thank you. But, <laughs> but I, I, because I didn't know what I was getting into, I didn't want to just dive in. Uh, and so I didn't really think about it much, but I kept crossing paths with this priest, and every time he would ask me, have you thought about doing the exercises? You should do the exercises. I'll direct you. And right. after about four months of that, I, said, I thought to myself, I think God wants me to do the exercises. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, I mean, no offense, but, you know, uh, it seems like you're a little slow on the pickup here. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely a little slow. I mean, it's really a beautiful way as you look back on that. Like, first, God put into your heart just this interest in the exercises. I want to learn more about them. I want to study them. And then, you know, a friend who kind of directs you towards the exercises and towards the priest. God who puts the priest back in your life and the priest who keeps inviting you, inviting you. Um, yeah, no, that's a, a yeah. real powerful way in which grace is at work in your life. I was incredibly grateful that he continued to be persistent about that. And, uh, and so you I finally decided to do them. You finally decided. Yes, and I did. And, and I. What I and what 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 does the exercises look like as you kind of went through them? So, uh, so Father Will would give me scriptures to pray with and some direction for prayer, and I would pray for an hour every day with the assigned prayer that. St. Ignatius had given in the exercises taking you through these four weeks of really, it's really walking with Christ in his life from from his his conception and birth all the way up and to his resurrection and you take, you know it, when you do it according to the 19th annotation, it takes more like 30 weeks uh, as okay. opposed to, to 30 days and uh, and so just spending an hour each day or, what's that? Nope, that's good. Uh, so, so yeah, so, like, it translates, those 30 days translates into, like, 30 weeks of prayer um, and then reflection with your spiritual director, in this case, Father right. Prospero. Um, when we come back from our break, um, Susan, we're talking with Susan Stafford, Consecrated Virgin. Uh, um, we're going to talk to her more about 
the decision or the discernment to embrace uh, consecrated virginity, and what is that? What is that uh, vocation in the life of the Church, um, and how is it lived out uh, day in and day out? So good to have you with us, Susan. We'll be back right after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Have you ever known someone who has taken their own life? 50% of Americans have. I'm Father Chris Alar. For years, professionals have called the tragedy of suicide an epidemic, but we believe it has become a pandemic because more people in the world take their own life than die by all the wars or homicides combined. Do you know that there are more veterans who have killed themselves than were killed in the Vietnam War? And these numbers keep increasing, especially among the youth. And society doesn't help. Through misguided ways, such as shows like 13 Reasons Why, suicide has become glorified in our society. But there is hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. As a sole provider, the needs of my growing family are something I pray for daily. I know continuing my education will benefit my family in the end, but I worry about what I'll miss while doing so. University of Mary knows that choosing to continue your education at this point in life can be both challenging and rewarding. That's why we've created a robust portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online programs to make choosing easy. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, good morning. This is Father Brian Christensen, uh, broadcasting from Our Lady of Perpetual Health Cathedral here in the sunny but windy Black Hills of South Dakota. Welcome to uh, Real Presence Live. I'm speaking here with Susan Sapper, who's the Director of Pastoral Ministries for the Diocese of Sea, but also has a unique vocation in the life of the Church. Um, she has um, given herself to Christ and to the Church as a consecrated virgin. Um, and we were just visiting before the break, Susan, about um, your discernment, and especially the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola that you did over about a 30-week uh, period. Um, what would you say kind of the fruits of that were and how that led you um, towards the, your calling in Christ? Well, the most important thing was that it just led me closer to Christ. I just had a closer relationship with Him. I sort of wanted, you know, out of the exercises for Him to reveal to me what my vocation was He want me to do. 
And that didn't really happen, but he just drew me really close to himself. And I, in this close relationship, then I began to be able to hear him better and respond, receive and respond with he, to what he was giving me. So that okay. was really the fruit of the exercises. Um, but immediately after that, um, I went on this pilgrimage to Rome, and the Lord spoke to me really clearly, as I mentioned earlier in the show, that um, that I think that the exercises really opened me up to receive that. Sure. After a period, after you had really committed yourself to the what the Lord was calling you to, what was the what was the general process? I mean, do you just declare yourself a consecrated virgin, or is there some <laughs> way in which the church? Uh, walks you through that and recognizes that. Well, you know, um, right after after Rome, I came back and talked to a, a brand new spiritual director that I had, and that was you, Father. <laughs> about <laughs> Full my disclosure. Full disclosure. Um, that was a long time ago, but that about my discernment and and um, and yet what happened was when I had, when I got back, I began to doubt what the Lord had said to me in in prayer over in Rome. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize at the time that that's that the enemy works that way, you know, uh, causing you know doubt. That did this spiritual experience really happen? Was that real? Did I make that up? Did I imagine it? You know, and those were the questions in my mind. And so I went through this period of doubt. But the Lord, you know, uh, really got me through that. But the next step was I really felt uh, like I wanted to enter a religious community, and so I really spent a lot of time talking to the Lord about that. Uh, and even once when I was, I was at a Carmel with another, with a group of young ladies who were discerning. I was working for the vocations office at the time, and I was taking young ladies to visit, you know, religious communities. And I, we were at a Carmel, and I, I said to the Lord, you know, I would come here if you would call me. And the Lord right away said, you know, this is not where I'm calling you. Uh, and I was mm-hmm. really, I was really kind of sad about that, but it wasn't until, wasn't until later I was reading I was reading an article um, that a, a priest had written about discernment and he said he said in the article uh, you know discerning your vocation isn't about about looking into the unknown future he said it's about looking at the past and seeing the ways that the Lord's been at work in you and and um, where he's been the way that he he's been calling you and when I did that I began to see that consecrated virginity really who I was. And okay. so, so, and then I had a great peace. People say that you have peace when you find your vocation. That is not true. I had no peace <laughs> until, until I received it and accepted it from the Lord as the gift that it was, and then I had peace around it. Uh, and so then I went to the bishop, who was, at the time, um, was Bishop, now Cardinal Supich, and I, I expressed to him my desire to enter into um, consecrated virginity, and so he worked with me and made a plan for for formation and discernment, and uh, that would in, involve some some study and meeting with a formation director as well as a spiritual director, and to to study and to pray and um, look at the uh, you know what is consecrated life. Uh, what is consecrated virginity specifically? Um, what about the, the evangelical councils, and how do they fit into all of this? Uh, there, there is definitely a difference between consecrated virginity and religious life. Consecrated virginity being a, a secular, a secular vocation as opposed to a religious vocation. 
so meaning that I live and work in the world. And my while religious have a have a call to the community primarily and the life of the community, uh, the consecrated virgin has a call to to live in the world and to to lift up the world and be a, a, a model to to the world. And so, uh, a bishop I spoke to said, you know, it's uh, religious are like the beacon on the hill, a light to the people, called out of the world, you know, but to be that light. Uh, whereas consecrated virgins are called to be the leaven in the world, unseen, uh, really unnoticed, because we don't wear any special special habits or special clothing. We're not called sister. There's no outward sign of our vocation, except that we do wear a wedding ring. Okay. Yeah, no, and so uh, after, just to, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just wanted to ask you, so consecrated virginity um, is a recognized, order of consecrated virgins, a state of life that's recognized by the Church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important, you know, that um, that this state of life is, is both a discernment on the part of the the, the woman and the, the Church, in a particular way, the bishop who does the consecration. Can you talk a little bit about, what were you consecrated a virgin? I was consecrated uh, at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Health on August 11th, 2006. 2006, and could you describe that day? What was the what was the rite of consecration uh, about that you participated in with the church and with the bishop's uh, supich at that time? Yes, it's a liturgical rite of the church, and and you can find it if you have a book of the rites of the liturgical rites of the church, and um, and so it's very it's it's very clear and uh, structurally it looks a lot like a priest ordination in the way that the 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 rite itself is structured. Obviously, it's not an ordination, so I don't want to confuse anyone by that. Um, but there are a lot of uh, similar things, and uh, and so so there are a lot of uh, pieces to that rite. There's a there's a place where um, you know the the woman lays prostrate during the litany of the saints, and uh, she receives from the the bishop the veil, the book of the liturgy of the hours, and the ring. And uh, those all being important signs of the vocation. Uh, Consecrated Virgin is praise the Liturgy of the Hours, just like all religious and priests do. Okay, yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I think it was a beautiful, beautiful celebration, beautiful liturgy on the beginning of your consecration, which is the fruit and the fulfillment of the long um, time of discernment, and then finally formation, uh, as you described, uh, with the diocese and with the bishop. Um, over these years, since uh, August of 2006, um, how, how, what, are the, what are some of the misconceptions that often that you experience with regard to consecrated Virginia when you talk to people about your vocation and your consecration? What are, what are some of the things that come up in your life that people assume or, or have misconceptions about? Yeah, I think the main thing is that, um, you know, most people have never heard of it before, uh, and so it's brand new to people, and then, uh, and so often they want to call me sister, I get that sometimes, and, uh, and, and they sort of, you know, sort of struggle to understand what does this look like and what is the purpose of it, and, um, and so I usually try to talk, to talk to folks about it in terms of, you know, this is, I'm espoused to Christ, and that's the center of my vocation. Christ is my spouse. 
And uh, and our call, especially, is to pray for the priests of the church, priests and bishops. And so, um, so we're called to sort of be spiritual uh, support to all of our our clergy. And um, and at the same time, uh, we we have jobs just like anybody does. I happen to work for the church, but that certainly is not the norm. Uh, most consecrated virgins uh, just have have regular kinds of careers. There are teachers, doctors, uh, lawyers, you know, all sorts of um, all sorts of careers that they have. Um, but and then they also they they don't live in community, um, whereas religious have this call to the community life. Um, for the consecrated virgin who lives in the world, my parish is my community, and I'm called to to be of service to the to the parish community and to live uh, there and to build them up in whatever way the Lord is calling me to do that. Okay, so in the in the uh, rite of consecration, you receive a veil, you receive the liturgy of the hours, and you receive a ring from the bishop. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so do you wear the veil every day? Do you wear the ring every day? What What are the outward signs of your consecration? Yeah, the only sign is the ring. I wear the ring every day um, as a sign of my espousal to Christ. Uh, I don't wear the veil every day. Uh, there, There is a way that the consecrated virgin is meant to be hidden, and so we, uh-huh. we dress like, look like everyone else, leaven in the world, um, called to be, you know, that um, that uh, sign and example to the world of, of what we are all called to, which is union with Christ. Oh, that's really beautiful. Um, would you just share briefly, as we come to the close of this segment, um, some advice of, of maybe young women that may be considering the call to consecrated virginity? That um, What's some advice that you might give to them as they seek to uh, follow Christ and do His will in their lives? Yeah, I would say, first of all, just to get to know Christ, just to get to know Him and spend time with Him and... Um, and be in prayer with him, and 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 then learn more about both religious life and secular consecrated life as much as as much as possible. Learn about it, talk to people, study it, you know, um, and get a spiritual director, somebody who can help discern, you know, where is the Lord, where is the Lord calling? And I think in the midst of that, it will become clear, you know, what what is it that God has made me for. All right. Well, Susan uh, Safford, thank you for joining us, the Consecrated Virgin here in the Diocese of Rapid City. Um, thank you for your witness of faith and your uh, your commitment to Christ and to the service of the Church, especially for praying for priests. Thanks for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. Um, Thanks next for having up, me. We have, uh, we have a special guest and uh, whose mission is to bring students to Jesus Christ and challenging them to be faithful disciples and preparing them for Christian mission in the world. So, Stay tuned for our next interview on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.